Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. To our show, Crudundrum. I am your host, Ollie Greystone. And I am your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. Hey, beautiful. Here we are getting started on an episode yet again. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I think we should mention to our listeners that we are back to the weekly podcast. This is the start of the weekly one again. Yes. And we're really excited that we were able to take a break and spend some time with our families and kind of adjust to the, the changes. We got over here anyway. We got puppies and honeymoon and life and all that kind of imploded. And mom is moving in soon. So a lot of major changes happening over here. But what's going on with you? Um, I think I had mentioned to people that I started in, uh, they moved me into a new position, mm-hmm. um, here. And so that's been, uh, as Holly can attest, taking <laughs> a lot more of my time than I anticipated. So that's been, um, been really interesting trying to do this podcast which i think is a blast and saves my soul on a regular basis (laughs) and then trying to do that and still do the job that's earning me money at the moment has been really interesting so i would like to put a plea out to everybody you know spread the word about us make more people listen to us so that we you know eventually this can become holly my full-time job and we don't have to worry about Uh, that that, i can't wait for that day Mark your calendars. We're prepared. We, this is a goal that we have for ourselves. I know you probably aren't listening to us on the Amazon iTunes, but if you could rate and, and uh, so just like hit that like button, it does help those, uh, basically those companies push us out to other podcast companies. And then we move up a little bit in the visibility. Uh, it helps create opportunities for us to grow here. I think it's interesting, Holly. I just got that you closed all three reactivity rings today on my watch. <laughs> I, I so, pushed I pushed out the update to you to show how awesome I am today. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, no, okay. I so. wish it was. <laughs> Anytime you just need to feel awesome, you just push a button and it just sends out a ping to all your people. It's like, hey, I'm feeling <laughs> awesome today. Just so you know, I'm feeling good. <laughs> but yeah, so stuff going on here has just been... I like every place else in the country, COVID's going up again. I mean, we're oh my gosh. Where I work, it's it's mandatory masks. And I'm really sick of all the fuckers out there who don't have their vaccine, who haven't got their vaccination. It's starting mm-hmm. to really get my nerves. I've know a couple of people that I've stopped talking to because I'm just pissed at them for this. And that if they just would if everybody would have done it, we would have had th- this would have been the herd would have taken over and this wouldn't be the issues we're having. So that's been, that's been, so dealing with um, short being short staffed here, 
Um, because and I think, okay, don't get me wrong. I think it's great that they were able to make more money on unemployment. That just to me says they need to actually raise the minimum wage to right. a livable wage. So, and I, I know that I'm going to start getting more people applying because um, unemployment benefits the extra ones because of COVID have now stopped. And so yes. I'm glad for personal because I'm fucking exhausted. I feel bad for the people that I know they're living paycheck to paycheck and my job is how they're going to make that paycheck stretch. And so I feel bad about that, but relieved also. Right. <laughs> right. It's been bad over here too. And I've heard of other people saying the same thing that it's just been a, an absolute struggle to find people who will ghost you will actually show up for the job and do the job. What? Yeah. I've had several people. I, um, who have uh, said, oh, well, I, yeah, I want to work. I want to work. They apply. I, they come in and I talk to them and then they never show up again. Mm-hmm. So that's been just, you know, I have been thrilled beyond words with that. So that's oh. <laughs> <laughs> thrilled. Oh. Just, there you go. So um, I've been borderline pissed and disappointed because I go through all this time and effort away from other major activities I need to be putting my energy into. And then to have them not even show up, answer the phone call, reply to the emails. Like I'm doing more work to get them the job, at least an in interview. And they can't even be bothered to, to reply. It's annoying. Yep. Oh, it's yeah. It's been, um, I had one person who I've uh, hired, who wanted 30 hours a week. And I said, are you sure you want that many? Cause she also said, well, no, I need it. So, okay. After going back and forth, I got the hours. Now she's coming in and telling me, you know what? I, I don't think I can work and go to school at the same time. I go, wait, oh, you want my to gosh. after I told two other people that I had, that I didn't have work for them. You're I, 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 so anyway, so that, that was sort of on that part my day with work today. So, um, and I, all the listeners, they know Holly's been wonderful. Mm. We were supposed to do this Sunday night and things got postponed. We we're supposed to do it last night. And oh my God, I couldn't do it last <laughs> night. I was way too fucking busy and was not happening. And so, um, tonight, as a later tonight, Holly, I left at a point that so I'm leaving I go, I'm, and God, I was being that bad boss where I just said, I'm sorry, I'm exhausted. I need to go. And I have, I've made, I've had other commitments I've, I've put aside and I have to go deal with it. So that was, <laughs> you had to come deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to deal with you, bitch. Me, but you know, of whatever. all things. Yeah. I know, yeah I know. If you had said that, if you said, I have to go deal with Holly Greystone, they would understand. They'd be like, oh gosh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. So you do you, man. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I was trying, I was trying to be nice to you, but you know, so whatever. So it <laughs> sounds all right, like, man, I got the subtext. It's good. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, I've been having the same kind of week on that kind of stuff. So yeah. how, how is your, how is your week been going? Uh, we are a nonprofit organization. So uh, money is extremely tight. And apparently when they brought me on to the team, I wasn't budgeted for so I took one of the maintenance slash custodial like earmarked funds for the position. 
that they created. So it's not like I took it. They took it, put it under this position and then hired me. And we are, it's a, it's a huge four story building that is old and has a lot of things that need to be updated and maintained and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, it needs a lot more people on staff than what we're able to afford. So we have to all kind of work together to cover things. Basically, don't ask. I don't ask anybody on the team to do something I'm not willing to do. And that includes the janitorial all the way through maintenance to everything in between. And we're finding that part of the issue is, is that uh, there's burnout. There's a lot of burnout because there's just so much work to be done. And we're struggling to hire. We do have two open positions and we're trying, we've been trying to fill it and it's been hard. People just ghost you. They don't reply back. I've had, I have never seen the the shittiest resumes I have seen applied for these jobs in my entire life. They are, there's no punctuation. Things are capitalized. There's no periods or commas where they should be, or even semicolons, nothing like apostrophes, nothing. Uh, straight run-on sentences that have obvious breaks. Like they could have put even a comma and I would have been thrilled if they, even if they misused it. Um, they have six months, four months, three months work history here and there. And it's like, okay, I understand. Maybe you're young human. Maybe you haven't found your place. Maybe whatever. I'm still willing to bring them in and ha- and meet them because I want to know more. They're breathing. They're, yes, they're breathing. But are they? do they really want to work? Do they really want to grow with this organization? I'll be willing to entertain it. And then they ghost you. And I'm like, you know what? You're the reason why people who are the diamond in the rough just don't get seen because there's so many other people that could just put that extra effort out there that just shit all over the resume and put that out there. That is a written document with your name on it. And you just put it out there for the whole world to see, essentially. And you gave two shits about doing it. Yeah, maybe you don't want the job. Maybe you did it out of obligation or whatever, but it has your name. You should probably put a little more care and effort to, sorry, soapbox time just pisses me off. It's like, I. So could you really try to explain yourself better? I I don't feel you're really being strong enough with your words. (laughs) Fair. You're going to put your name out on anything. At least try to put something into that effort. Try. Don't just puke on a piece of paper and throw it out there and assume somebody's going to be looking. There are free resources online. There's free templates online. You can literally (laughs) upload your resume information to it and it will do the work for you. And it will even have pop-up questions to say, hey, notice there's a little bit of a break here. Do you want to focus more on skills or job experience? Where are your preferences? Like, And then it will reorganize your resume for you it will give you examples of what to put your header as like oh my god oh my god there's free resources everywhere now if you pencil in an application and hand it to me i'd be like all right you're trying you don't have resources to access technology that's fine i accept that but there these are things that are available if you have access to indeed.com i know for a fact that that website has free templates and resources to help you get a job if you're on unemployment, there's a shit ton of resources on their website as well. So just irks the hell out of me. You have free educational resources to make your life easier to stand out against any freaking filtering 
system that's out there that might be dropping your resume off. Like, oh my God. <sighs> that's how you really feel, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, I totally, I totally get it. It's so. just, I want to be there for people. I want to help people grow and be a, a good version of themselves, whatever version that is that they have for themselves and be there for them to do that. But if they can't even bother to meet me a quarter of the way, it's why, why should I have to? And then I, and I know this isn't just me. I know there are companies all over the world that are feeling this and industries are certain industries are feeling it more. Uh, and I'm not by any means saying that might is like, you know, better or worse or whatever. I, I just say, I, I understand. And I am sorry for, for the impacts that this is having on people. But if you're listening to this and you're applying for jobs, use the free resources, people help yourselves out. They're there. Just do it. <laughs> if not for my sanity, for yours. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I agree with everything. I think you and I agreed with everything. That's yeah. not the issue, but I, I think we should probably jump into maybe, it. yeah, jump into our yeah. actual wonderful our, topic. Uh, you know, we're going to take it a little lighthearted and fun because it has been. A, this a is minute. lighthearted. What the hell are you talking about? Talking about our rage about the, uh, no, no, I could talk about puppies. They're adorable and getting huge. Check out our Facebook page and social media accounts because I post all the time about their adorableness, but Gary, Let's let's do get into our wonderful and entertaining show. You wanted to kick us off? Yeah. So where we're what we're gonna be talking about today mm-hmm. is the wonderful DC character of Batwoman. Um, as most of the time, I will be talking about her history. And then Holly, for the first time ever, I think, in our time of doing a podcast. She will actually be able to tell you about a TV show that I have not watched. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I will watch it since I love that stuff. But actually, you're going to be talking about the CW series Batwoman, which I have not seen. Not because I haven't wanted to, but just it's just I haven't had the the chance to. So, so this is kind of exciting for one of the few (laughs) times. I hope I can do it some justice. (laughs) <laughs> there, and I will, I do know some behind the scene things, so I'll probably add a little Please. bit here and there as it goes on. Now, yeah. But, so um, why we're talking about that woman, folks, is that she really is the first true DC superhero who is queer, who is a lesbian, who uh, really is a well-known superhero. They did a couple little things here and there with these other little superhero characters, but she is the first one who is, she is, uh, she is an out and, well, depends on the, she's not a proud lesbian, depending on which time we're talking about. So at, at the moment in, in Batwoman, the series, uh, she is closeted um, because in her, in her private life, because she wants to keep that area safe. Well, so and she has, has good reason for that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll tap into this. Well, and actually that's two separate. What you're talking about is on the series, which oh. is other reasons than in the, in the comic books, because oh, really gotcha. I will say, and that's great. That's why this is the kind of excited about this, that in the comic books and in the series, it's very, two very different different bat women yeah. but so before we get on sorry 
Woo! I'm going to nerd out without even meaning to. So, okay. um, take a breath, everybody. Here we go. <gasps> so, um, what is really, I, I think, what is hilarious about about Batwoman in the mid '50s, they brought in Batwoman at that point with Batgirl to to quell the rumors that Batman and Robin were gay. <gasps> so they brought. I know they were brought in mainly as love interests for the boys. Um, and really you don't need women or, you know, that, that women just get in the way. I don't know, whatever. So, <laughs> uh-huh, um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, and so I think it's in her first carnation as it's her full name is Catherine Kane. Um, most times she goes as Kate Kane okay, or Katie Kane. Um, and then, uh, so, and she was around for a while here and there. She was, uh, when she first came about, she was, she had her, she didn't have a utility belt. She had a utility purse. <laughs> and in the utility purse, she could pull out things like lipstick and compacts that would do things, you know, that would have. That her special, that's how her special devices were in there. Um, so her characters changed just a smidge over the years. <laughs> <laughs> She's very much gotten more like Batman now and yes. um, much more a, a true hero in her own right. Um, she did in the late 60s. Uh, no, in the, sorry, I'm looking at, I'm trying to read my notes to talk. Uh, in the mid seventies, she was killed off. Um, because they had, uh, they were more focused on Batgirl at that point. And they didn't know what to do with Batwoman because, oh my God, she's a woman who they'd always written her characters being intelligent and, and it never really worked with her being flirty with Bruce, uh, flirty with Batman. Um, it never really, it never did a good job. So it wasn't something that, um, it just didn't ever work. So they, it just, in the end, it just didn't work out. Everything that they tried did not work out with getting Bruce and her, and her together. Uh, sorry, not Bruce, Batman and Batwoman together. They're all three egos had no idea who the other ones were. So that's that's another thing that is hilarious. But that's that's how they can see that all comics have. Um, so eventually what happened was because of how much they liked Batgirl instead, they said it was time to kill off Batwoman and make Batgirl more of a character. And so then what happened is when they did the uh uh, several years into the eighties later, when they uh, when they had the crisis on Infinite Earths and all this all this was going on, they had um, a storyline where Batgirl was paralyzed, mm-hmm. and um, they decided that they did not want to change Batgirl's character because they liked actually having. A superhero was disabled, which I applaud them for that. So they decided when they had the crisis on Infinite Earths and they re- redid the entire storyline of DC Universe, they brought back Batwoman 
and still did not really know what to do with her. So she was around, she did some things. She finally, going all nerdy, went um, in the, then in 2006, they did another uh, crisis series. In that time period, they rebooted every character again. They brought her back this time. And since moving forward, she's been an out lesbian. So this is when that first happened. She, even back then, she's never, she wasn't the biggest character. She's, she's never had the following of like a, a Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, but she's had her advocates. Mm-hmm. Um, as they've moved forward, um, they have given her a love life. Um, then we get up into the, so the 2006. So uh, the current version of Batwoman debuted in 2006 in the seventh week of the publisher's year-long 52-weekly comic book. Introduced as Kate Kane, the modern Batwoman began operating in Gotham City in Batman's absence following the events of the company-wide crossover Infinite, um, Infinite Crisis. The modern Batwoman is written as being of Jewish descent and a lesbian. Mm-hmm. During the New 52, it established that Kate Kane is a cousin of Batman's alter ego, Bruce Wayne, being a niece of his mother, Martha Wayne. So that was a big change also. Used to be a love interest now, unless they were from, you know, hillbillies. They now are, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're cousins. Mm-hmm. It is, she is described as the highest profile gay superhero to appear in the stories. Batwoman's sexual orientation drew wide media attention following her reintroduction, as well as both praise and criticism from the general public. Part of what's going on in this time frame is that comic books were going downhill. They, the stories may have been great, but people weren't buying as much. So what they did, like every other area of pop culture has done, they found their they they found the niche. They found what they can do. So they that's part of it. It was a business decision. They made her a gay character, a queer character, to try to bring in the queer audience. Um, yes. So which it did. It it gave her a fall. It gave her a following. The modern character is very much apart from Batman. Um, And uh, she has had several runs of her own in Batwoman, a Batwoman monthly comic, and has had stints in the lead role in detective comics. So, Holly, do you know the difference between what I just said with, with detective comics and... So anyway, no, I don't. I is, saw I saw the reference when I was watching the show and kind of just doing some research for this show. Um, I saw that it was demarked, and that's very. I thought, well, that's a weird way of saying comic books or graphic novels. Well, and I well, no, looked de- into it. So what fine. Detective Comics is is it's actually a comic book series that really it when the first incarnation happened, it it went around and talked about all detectives, you know, any comic detectives they had. Batman was originally part of that universe because he's a detective in the end. That's what he is. 
Batman became so popular that he took over all the other detectives. You know, there was like, you know, um, there was like Dick Tracy characters and shit like that. So now Detective Comics really is Batman, but it's the Batman family. It deals with Batgirl, Batwoman, Robin, Nightwing. Okay, occasionally the Joker will get his own, you know, in this in this comic, they're used to closed end stories that they do, they accomplish in this one in this one comic it's the same thing with action comics which is um it's really theoretically comics that will any any of the superheroes can come in and do a, a one book in there and then they're gone really it's become the superman comic book in his family it's that same kind of concept they you end up going with the big sellers are. so that's what that is so she had her own she's had her own batwoman comic book series but she has also been part of the detective family. And so she's, she has ongoing stories in that, in that comic book too. Have I nerded out enough for you with this Holly? Or do you want more? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I don't know, man, you could probably give us a little more. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and uh, on this whole note, the, the great thing, first of all, is her being a lesbian, but also she's really the first superhero character who has come out as Jewish. So that in itself is amazing that they actually, if you go back to talking about Superman, it was created by uh, the creators were Jewish. And they said he was a Jewish man who was just hiding as a normal man. That's why all he needed was Superman just needed glasses. Right. Because then people wouldn't recognize him. So I love that they actually finally have a character who is Jewish and admits they're Jewish. Um, and they talk about her wearing her wig. I get it. I have this hard time. I, with any of the superhero, the superheroines, they only seem to do this to women that they put on a wig to become a superhero. I would have this hard. I have this hard time imagining them fighting and doing all this stuff and getting their fucking hair up and stuff like that when they getting ready, you know, when they're becoming Fight, or, fight with their hair down. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't uh, I can't walk my building at work, which is four stories, without pulling my hair back because I get warm. I can't imagine being a kick-ass ninja and having my hair down, but you know, okay. Well, having it down and in a in a wig and then wearing all those fucking tight spandex on top of it. All, I mean right. All those that I don't know. Serena Williams can rock some tights, so maybe it helps with performance. I won't judge. But it's I Anyway, so that that always <laughs> had uh, it, that I, I've never said that several of the female characters in the DC universe dome wigs when they go get into character, and I just don't understand it. But um, anyway, anyway, yeah, that's so not what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I, we, can't, we can talk about it. We could get into a whole episode about this, but we can we can stay on topic. I believe in us. Oh, well, no, I, can we? I don't know if we could do that or not. So um, anyway, so unlike the Silver Age Cassie Kane, who was romantically attracted to Batman, the new version of Kane is a lesbian, as well as Bruce Wayne's maternal cousin. Um, stories, I love this. Stories appeared on television news outlets such as CNN, general news magazines as USA Today, and gay culture magazines such as <laughs> Out. 
the modern Catherine Kate Kane made her first comic book appearance in issue number seven of the Max Series 52, where Kane is revealed to have been romantically involved with Renee Montoya, a former Gotham City police detective who later takes up the mantle of the of the question, which mm-hmm. is another one we could talk about if you want to, but we won't right now. So anyway, <laughs> um, which is it's a really good comic, but okay. So when questioned about the editorial decision to make Batwoman a gay character in an interview with Wizard Entertainment, DC Comics Senior Vice President Executive Director Dan DiDio stated, it was from conversations we've had for expanding the DC universe, for looking for levels of diversity. We wanted to have a cast that is much more reflective of today's society and even today's fan base. One of the reasons we made her gay is that, again, when you have the Batman family, a series of characters, that aren't superpowered and inhabit the same circle in the same city, you really want to have a point of difference. It was really important to me to make sure every character felt unique. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So do you know why originally, um, so I told you that they brought her in to show that Batman wasn't gay. Did, yeah. Have you ever, so they have this whole thing where they they used to have this code of, code of ethics. All comics had to pass. It was just like, the Hayes system in the movies that they could, you know, do, that they had, they couldn't, they could not promote. Oh my God. They couldn't promote violence unless it was against the enemy, which means like during the war, they could, you know, Superman yeah. could fight Hitler and shit like that. They can't, they couldn't, they couldn't show sex. They could not in any way, shape or form, show any form of homosexuality they had to make sure because that was a big issue they were having with all the superheroes because well you know they were wearing tight clothes and you you know and doing flips and having a secret identity and costume change and 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 then really when it gets down to uh comics have always the queer culture has always gone towards the comics a lot because as queers we can identify with trying to hide who they are Mm-hmm. hiding a part of them and mm-hmm. so this is where so this all came from that where this code of ethics they weren't you know so you know of course you know being gay is you no know, unethical so i always just i like to talk about that that woman's sexual orientation initially gathered mixed reviews ranging from praise to outrage a reviewer of out asserts Batwoman will be the highest profile gay superhero to ever grace the pages of dc comics although several LGBT organizations such as GLAAD have praised DC Comics for attempting to diversify their characters. Some have observed that Batwoman is not the first gay or lesbian character to appear in comic books, nor is she the only lesbian associated with the Batman series. And all this is true. I'm not saying that there there are other gay characters. In um, the Superman series, one of the detectives there, she's a lesbian and one of my favorite characters in that. You will find characters throughout the DC universe now, never prevalent except now. God, I'm gonna we we could go off on another one of those. <laughs> Green Lantern has come out. Green Lantern has come out as gay. Um, amazing oh. storyline in that one. And I'm saying that we need to have a story. We have to do a podcast on him now. But um, so that uh, she is the most high profile. There are other characters out there. And I've some of the stories I read from the past, beautiful stories. A character who, uh, a gay man who had uh, who had AIDS became a superhero. 
And the last thing he did before he died was kill off the bad guy. But he used the last of his powers to do that instead of saving himself from AIDS. So some very powerful stories out there. Mm-hmm. But she is by far the most high profilist of all of them. Um, from 2010, the character began to appear in self-titled series Batwoman. After an interrupted zero issue in 2010, which is just basically launching a character. The series launched fully in 2011 with Batwoman number one, along with DC company-wide renumbering of the titles that year. So that just meant they retitled shit so people could collect them all over again. Really, that's what it gets down to. Writers J.H. Williams and W. Hayden Blackman chose to expand Kate's supporting cast, both in terms of her family and the Batman family. She is more loosely connected to Issue 17 also was a milestone as a feature Kate proposing to her girlfriend, Maggie Sawyer. Um, and that is a first. They've, the comics, the DC um, Marvel comics, have, that was a first. They were the first to do that. In 2013, co-authors J.H. Williams and W. Hayden Blackman announced that they would leave Batwoman after the December issue because of conflicts with DC over storylines. They remarked that they were not allowed to expand Killer Croc's backstory, keep the original ending to their current story arc, or show Kate and Maggie getting married. This announcement followed a February 2013 announcement that Batwoman 17 would feature the proposal between Kate and Maggie. DC Comics announced that Batwoman could not get married because heroes shouldn't have happy personal lives. In December 2014, it was announced that the series would be canceled in March at issue 40, along with 12 other new 52 series. In 2016, it was announced that Batwoman would be one of the lead characters in the DC Comics Rebirth revamp Detective Comics, which returned to its original numbering with issue number 934. Most of that, for you people, means nothing, and don't worry about it. Those like me understand what that all meant, but it's a bunch of fucked up shit, so don't worry about it. Um, other than the fact that she is now one of the lead characters in the detective comics is part of the reason I wanted to explain that earlier. I appreciate so she that. So she has more storylines in that one than other characters do um, for that reason. Um, so with all that nerdiness, and I'm mm. sure that people are going to remember a good 20% of what I just said. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's an important 20%. It's fine. It's an, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I think we're going to move on now, if Holly's fine with it, with yeah. your part of this story, Absolutely. talking about the wonderful CW show. Yes. Which you're going to tell me what it's about so I can decide if I want to watch it or not. Uh, I will start off as saying, yes, you will want to watch it. Uh, for those of you who do not have HBO you have to get HBO or you paid like $30 on Amazon, Google, YouTube. HBO Max. It's HBO different. Max, so HBO excuse Max. Me, HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's, that's what it is. Um, season two just dropped not too long ago and it's, it's available for purchase as well. And, or on the HBO Max, I went ahead and re-upped my uh, subscription so I can watch this because I read the synopsis and articles and stuff. And I was like, yeah, this sounds like something I would really like to watch mostly because 
they pull no punches. The the writers, the directors, the producers, they pulled no punches. First episode, first 10 minutes of it, we got two women, beautiful women kissing. They are hiding Ew. out. I know. Ew. I know. So they're in a military boot camp training thing. They're about to graduate. And it's a big deal. They're going into like this uh, prestigious, they're in a prestigious school. They're going into prestigious positions. Uh, These are career goals for both of them. And uh, Kate and her girlfriend are professing their love to one another and doing cute little romantic things, including kissing, and they get caught. They get pulled in, in front of the entire squadron and Given they're basically are given a letter saying you need to deny your sexuality and, and, and homosexuality um, or or leave or, you know, just this is it. Kate says <laughs> uh, basically that first episode, she's like, you know what? Take these regulations and shove it. She is out loud and proud about it. And her partner is terrified. And Kate. Kate King comes from money and privilege. So there is a little bit of that. And her partner at the time does not uh, come from privilege. She's also a woman of color. So there's a lot of uh, other elements that are playing into that motivating reasons why she chose to sign the letter and break off the relationship and pursue other things because she has career goals that would be severely stunted if she if she decided to like, if she decided to leave, uh, she felt very trapped. And this is like her moment uh, to, to shine and uh, do something. She's, she sought five years of work into Kate is pissed because she does not. Uh, her partner just basically throws a letter in her face and just, and leaves and tells her to move on. So she spends like, like what Batman has done and many other heroes, they disappear for like a handful of years and do some, severe some sort of extreme training to be awesome at combat and this is where kate learns some additional skill sets that later play a role when she she takes up the mantle of a batwoman um gary as has already told you the the relationship with bruce a little bit into that there's a couple beeline stories in the in the series one of which is uh, in the series, Bruce is missing. So is Batman. Weird. Uh, he's been missing for three years. The city's in chaos. Um, Kate is angry with Batman because as a child, I think she was like 10, 12 years old. Um, Batman was chasing a, a runaway bus that had been hijacked or whatever. And the bus knocks the this car off a bridge, which has a, it's like a, 150 foot drop and it's all water and people are, you know, it's terrible. And Batman secures the car and continues to pursue the bus and ends up saving like 34 children. But the car goes over the bridge and it's Kate's sister and mother. And they're presumed dead because they can't, you know, they can't find them. So they assume they're dead. And Kate grows up hating Batman thinking Batman didn't care to stick around to keep, to keep him safe. The reality is drastically different. You have to watch the show. I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, they they kind of jump into the why and what happens there, which motivates uh, Kate to take up the the mantle of 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 Batwoman. 
And to kind of go on to that a little bit about your comment about the wig, that wig actually, because I thought the same thing. I'm like, you're fighting in a wig. It could just be ripped right off and blah, 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 blah. It's actually sewn into the hat. It's not like something that's directly attached to a scalp like we thespians would know about. It's actually sewn into the, the leather cap of the hat, it's of the of the helmet itself, um, which, okay, makes a little more sense why people can grab it and grab her hair and like fight with her uh, and not rip it off unless they take the mask off. So I was like, okay, fine. Uh, but she doesn't start off that way. They go into the why. So there is a why and I won't, I won't ruin that for you guys. Um, there's also a why when there's a transition from season one and season two, um, where uh, Javisha takes over for Ruby Rose's character, uh, takes over for Batwoman. Uh, there's the right away in the first two episodes of season two, they talk about the, the, the importance of that symbolism and what it means to the character, what it means to uh, the city. And I, I thought it was a very powerful statement. And I, I felt like, uh, as a as a person who's not a, a representative of of the community of, of of black people, I felt like it spoke a lot about the importance of symbols and the importance of representation overall, whether it's uh, queer, male, female, non-binary, transgender, everything in between. I thought, you know, that's I, I felt like the show did a really good job explaining that representation. I feel like the character really captured that and the storyline captured it. Well, that's another thing I would say about this show. There is a lot of what I would, I would say queer baiting Gary uh, from our previous episodes. We've talked about queer baiting and queer coding. Um, They definitely, I know it's part of the character development since uh, what'd you say? 2006 is when they kind of introduced that, uh, that character being gay. Uh, yes. you, I mean, you even said it, like it's tapping into that market. So yes. there's obviously an intentional aspect there. I felt like the TV show has tapped into it a lot more than just one character. So there's multiple characters, there's multiple interests. There's people that are on the spectrum. There's people who are, uh, out and proud gay uh lesbian so in this case we have ruby rose who's a uh, jewish lesbian woman and then we have javisha's character as wonder woman and she's bisexual and they do a really good job kind of explaining like what does that mean what does that look like uh bisexual is not being on the fence or undecisive it's not uh pansexual it's not oh you can just change your mind and you're not committed it's it's they do a good. They do a good job explaining it, and I think that's important in our in our societies that we have these representations. Um, I wanted to to talk a little bit for some people are have kind of talked about this too about Ruby leaving the show, and that kind of ticked off some people, especially in the queer community. If you do any just the slightest bit of research, you will know. 10 days before the very first episode was shot of season one, Ruby Rose was, had undergone a a very severe surgery to repair her spinal cord, or she would be paralyzed. 
In fact, there was risk that she would be paralyzed for the rest of her life. 10 days after said surgery, she was on set and it was nonstop shooting of the show. And by the end of the season, she had she made the hard choice of having to step back for her own well-being. Uh, she understood the she understood that it might be an impact on the community, especially for the queer community. But she felt that her own well-being needed to be prioritized. And we see a lot of people having do, having done that, especially with COVID, kind of highlighting the self care and, and mental well-being being important. And, and we see that here with with um, Ruby, where she just she took a step back. I mean, the fact that this woman jumped on the set and worked for a year nonstop to produce a wonderful character, a wonderful show. Um, I, I, I commend her for that hard work. And I thank her for, for starting that, the ball rolling on such a wonderful storyline and Javisha's character, uh, Javisha Leslie, she's a, a fairly young actress. She has some experience she is crushing it in this role. I looked her up thinking, oh, man, she's going to have a whole sheet of all these things and projects that she's been on. It's a handful of things. She is so talented, really picks up that mantle for the character, really representing a lot of the queer uh, struggles that we have uh, seen in our own society. And that's something else I wanted to talk about is that we have two drastically different bat women. We have one who comes from uh, being white privileged, uh, lots of money, lots, lots of educational access, lots of resources available to them and being hated as a superhero, but also praised as a superhero. And some of the people that praise her as a superhero hate her because she's lesbian um, and still having to put on that costume and still save that person who hates you and will want you dead, but you have a code you live by and you're still going to show up and, and, and perform and save that same individual that would otherwise would have killed you at the restaurant or whatever. That's a very specific reference, which I'll get to in a moment. So you have, you have this dichotomy uh, with this, with this particular character. And then you have Javisha's character who is wrongfully convicted of a crime basically being black and has, has to serve basically serve time. Can't get a job. Can't get housing because she can't get a job. Can't get a job because she doesn't have housing. And because she has this record and it's this basically highlights the, uh, the inequities of our system here in the United States, especially, but just in general, how uh, people are forced into these situations where, Hey, you plead guilty, you do 18 months and you're out, or we take this to court and you possibly can do 15 to life. And if you're forced to make that hard choice, what do you think you're going to choose? I probably would choose the 18 too and not risk 15 years of my life. Well, that has a huge impact on this character. On top of that, she literally has no family. Her family had, her adopted family was murdered. Her mom died on childbirth. Her dad died before she was born. She literally has nothing. She has no act, like attachments at all and still has this, this code that she lives by where the world can be better. We have a, a duty to be better and strive towards that and encourage other people to be that. And just really stepped into the character role of Batwoman and there is a struggle there because she's been powerless and now she's got this 
powerful suit. And she, at the first bit of the show, we see a huge struggle with wanting to take that power too far or using it in the, in the ways that she otherwise would want to use it to do good. And so we get to see a power struggle uh, internally as well as externally. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. The show is definitely worth watching. I will uh, definitely continue to watch that. And Lower Decks, guys, the next season's dropping right now, and I'm loving it. Just random plug in there. Um, <laughs> sorry. So um, can I, I yeah. it sounds like this character, uh, the new Batwoman, is yeah. actually much closer to the Batman mystique, you know, because that's kind of how Bruce Wayne, you know, he yes. they have no... So that's interesting. I will say that if you if you look at all the fan pages on it, uh-huh. um, overall the consensus kind of sounds like what you said too is that uh, the the new the new Batwoman is better. Um, if you read the stuff, most of mm-hmm. the people did not think that Ruby Rose correct that she did not she wasn't a good actor. And that's I hate to use those, but yeah, they didn't like her. It was di- so definitely where- different styles of acting. Uh, there is a twenty percent drop between first season and second season, uh, and that could just be because the the market's saturated with a bunch of other stuff right now. Uh, and, and it's, it's always and the it's, second year anymore. That's just how it always happens. Yeah, so. until it until it picks back up, and it and it, it usually does. Um, they plan to keep the show going. I think they plan on taking the character either. Four, three to four seasons, and then the character will be pu- be partnering up in other spinoff shows for other heroes. Is the general consensus in the forums uh, in the discussions? I I like it. I like the character development, both in uh, the love interests that Kate had left behind. There's a whole thing that happens there. I won't get into. Uh, there's a love. In- there's oh, Alfred's Alfred. Uh, has a daughter who's also a lesbian and so we get to see a little bit of that that beeline of the story kind of play out a bit and uh yeah it's just there's a lot of representation in here that i'm enjoying uh i i also wanted to mention that if our listeners have not heard of the queer the gayest episode ever podcast they do a wonderful podcast on Barbara Gordon's character, Batgirl, and they talk about a lot of the uh, transgender underlying kind of coding in that character and that design and how uh, from now, from that period in time, women weren't allowed to punch or do like anything like manly, but they could do spins and kicks and twirls to like defeat their enemies. And I, when I started watching Batwoman, the first, the first season, I half expected it to kind of be fluffy that way, where there's kind of that Catwoman, the spinning and like throwing things, but not really getting in there and punching. No, Batwoman goes right in and knocks the shit out of somebody, just knocks them out cold, punches them, done, next. (laughs) And it was, it was nice to see, like, it's very much like what Batman would be if we didn't. It, 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 sorry, let me rephrase that. It's very much if this was a Batman man punching and fighting. It's very much the same exact style. You get a lot of that originality that we see in the in the original movies and TV shows. And I felt like the directors uh, of the show 
did a really good job capturing the kind of that darker Batman side of things uh, as kind of being paying homage to the the comic books as well. Um, yeah, definitely something to check out. Please check it out. Let me know what your thoughts are. You can hit me up in social media and share your thoughts. Uh, and I'd love to know which, what was your favorite episode. Um, I have mine, but I'd love to hear yours. And that's what I got for for Kathy, Kathy Kings. And so, as, so as Holly says, please talk to us on social media, mm-hmm. email us. Those are all listed at the end of the show. Please, we, we want to get your impressions and other shows you'd like us to do. Or absolutely. Go, oh my God, never do that kind of show again. You know, whatever it is, let us know. So we really probably will still do it. But also, if you want to be interviewed on our show as a guest, Email us. It's the only way it's going to happen, baby. Yep. All right. That's all I got. If you have anything else to add, let me know. Otherwise, I say we jump into our queer corner. I'm all for, I'm all for jumping into queer corner. Yeah. All right. Stick with us. We're going to jump into our queer corner where we cover some LBGTQ news as well as some pop culture awesomeness. Give us just a moment and we'll be right back. Welcome to our queer corner. Corner, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Gary, how about you get us started? Well, as everyone has hopefully heard by this point, if they haven't, um, I've kind of changed around my part of the queer corner. I've had so many people asking me about my weight loss journey that I'm doing a lot of that. Again, I will get back to pop culture stuff because I can't get away from that. But right now, a lot of this can focus on, on weight loss journey. And um, I think the biggest news I have over the last week is that I finally hit 199 pounds. I can't even tell you. I literally can't tell you when I weighed that. That was in my early 20s last time that I weighed that. If late teens, I really can't remember. So um, I'm going to say this has made me feel so good emotionally and physically. It has brought me more confidence. Something some people, only maybe one, would argue that I don't need, but it's true. I always would say I had a lot of bravado, but not much confidence. You know, the reason I realized I wasn't noticed, or I'd be noticed and then even worse, ignored. But it brings up my topic of the week. Intelligence. People treat me like I'm smarter now that I've lost weight. Why? Why do people assume I'm smarter now that I've lost weight? Did fat leave my brain? Did it make the blood flow better to said brain? Or are people just shallow? I personally think it's the latter. I need to say right now, once people got to know me, they would actually look at me different and even, dare I say it, listen to me. The difference now is that I don't have to prove myself. They, the people, automatically think I am smart and that I have an opinion that might have some, quote-unquote, weight to the conversation. 
I hadn't realized how much I had to fight for what I wanted. Then I lost weight. I became noticed. I became relevant. My opinion mattered. Now people actually look into my eyes. I can tell they are engaged. Let me repeat this. They are listening to me. That didn't always happen in the past, if ever. Now having people listen to me, sorry, not having people listen to me made me act out more. I was pushier. I demanded. I whined at people. I guilted. I bullied. To be fair, I'm like everyone else. I wanted to be heard. Most of the time, I felt even if someone did bend to my demands, it was just to shut me up because let's keep this a secret. I can be loud. Now, now people listen to me. And maybe they don't always agree with me, but they are listening. People, this is so important. Listen to people. There are several people I want to go to now and ask, what the fuck? I just want to know, did you not listen to me because I was fat? Or because I'm gay? Both? Old? What are the reasons? Or again, are you just that shallow? I have said this recently. I think I have a better understanding of what it's like to be a woman or a person of color. By no means have I experienced the level that these people have experienced, but I think I've experienced a tiny inkling of that. God, I hope this makes me more sympathetic to the people, and I hope I have a better listening capacity than I used to. I promise I will listen to someone and not just interrupt. Well, you know, Holly, except for you, because you know, that's just that's what we do, you know. So it's not going to change. <laughs> it's you know? our, it's of course, you get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I want to issue a challenge to our listeners. I want to challenge everyone to really listen this week. Don't talk. Let the person you are talking with complete their thought then consider what they're saying. Give an opinion only if asked. Don't think about your answer until you've heard the whole thought. Because I know I do this. I don't know about you, Holly. I've already started forming my opinion on what it is before I've even heard half what they're saying. Just stop and listen to the entire thing. Make sure they know you are listening. All this really hit home when I was talking to a beautiful friend who admittedly has put on weight. I was asked by them if I had noticed a difference in the way people treated me when I was fat compared to now. And I go, oh my God, yes, I have. It's funny, we started laughing about it. Yes, people actually listen to me now. And they get it the other way now, that they've stopped listening to this person. They don't, they don't listen anymore. Mm -hmm. They are still the same person. They're beautiful, funny, and oh my 
God they're intelligent. They have said that they now have noticed being ignored or dismissed because of their weight. Because of this, and because of my new cockiness, I have done some soul searching. Losing weight does make you more confident. So I admit I'm also part of the problem. Why am I not confident when I'm fat? So whatever the reasons I have, I've done some deep soul searching. All of these things have made me come to a very clear fork in the road. Should I continue to try and please people in a job that I don't like? Or can I find another job that suits me better? I've now applied to several places around the country. I looked at what the job was and if I would like doing it. And if I felt I would get the money I thought I deserved. And including, I look for areas that are very queer friendly. If I didn't get these options, I didn't apply. So everyone, put out good thoughts, and hopefully next couple weeks, you will hear that I have gotten a new job. One that better suits me, and God help the city where we land. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to deal with the new, more confident me. And that's my soapbox. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wow. That's, that was really deep, man. I appreciate you sharing your insights. I think it's important uh, that you've done that work. Um, I think it's going to go a long way in your journey to your friend who is noticing the same things you noticed when you were struggling with weight loss, uh, know that I love you and, um, I'm sorry. I, I wish there was more that I could personally do to help every single person out there that struggles with this. Uh, I think our story helps. Um, thank you, Gary. That was wow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to need a I'm going to need a commercial break here. Oh, that's right. We don't do commercials yet on the show, but we will eventually. Yeah, I do want to say again, like I said in there, once there, I have some dear friends, you being one of them, Holly, who have always been really good. Um, So that's not something, you know, I don't want, you know, some of our listeners who are dear friends, they, I, there have been some wonderfully accepting people. I'm talking about more people. Yeah. When I, when I'm talking like in work settings or when I'm first getting ready to like direct people on a play, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I I always tell that those are the areas I'm really talking about. So I think there's also uh, just a, a, it just came to me and and I apologize if it's off the mark, uh, but it just dawned on me Uh, as, as you lose weight and you build that confidence, as you said, right. That also informs the people around you to listen more. There is not just the physical. There's also other elements that go with that as well. And part of that, your potentially part of your experience could be you are exuding more confidence, and it's and it's noticeable. You're you've you've said that you're much happier. You're much more energetic. And those things are picked up subconsciously with the with the people around us um, as other clues to listening or engaging with those individuals. 
I'm not saying that what you what you put out there is invalid. I'm just saying there's there there's a possible other elements to that as well uh, that play in together. At least I will I say that's to a degree is true. To a degree, I will say that there's part of that though that um, I hadn't realized how much. I don't have to prove myself as much now. I'm part of that's just I've gotten older. It's like, so fuck you. But <laughs> I, I don't have, and it really, it's kind of, you know, ask anybody yeah. as they get older, it's, it's and fuck you, I don't care. Right. Um, but, Thank you so uh, much for sharing. I really appreciate yeah. it. But yeah, so it's really, it's truly more, it really is that it's that first impression kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, that's, you know, that goes on me as much as other people that, you know, uh, letting my let, letting myself gain what I did, it it does the first impression on people. Me too. It's 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 a, people do have immediate first impression, and so that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of work can, uh, comes from they, your immediate is that they think you're this lazy person and you don't you must not have mm-hmm. a good opinion. And anybody who knows me knows I know I wasn't a lazy person then, and I'm not now. So that's so I kind of, but not really. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Sorry. All right. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll let you talk. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No worries. No worries. Hey, here we go. We're gonna jump into a little bit of our news here. Everything you ever wanted to know about LGBTQ news, but we're afraid to ask. And boy, do we have some news for you guys today. Uh, we'll start with the little Nas X. We talked about him in one of our news briefs where he uh, he made some. He made some uh, some videos basically supporting LBGTQ uh, communities, uh, sorry, LGBTQ community um, rights and acknowledging that. And he's not letting us down. He is raising money now for LGBTQ and human rights nonprofit organizations ahead of the arrival of his next album that is supposed to debut here, uh, I guess on the 17th. So put put your clocks on guys. That's in seven days um, called Montero. And he basically tweeted a link to the baby register registry uh, this Tuesday to welcome the album. And this register shows a list of songs that will appear on the album. And next to each of the 15 tracks is a name. The register shows a list of songs that will appear on the album. And next to each of the 15 tracks names is the names of a grassroots nonprofit group with a button that allows the users to donate directly to those organizations. Uh, He has basically he's he has some photos of himself pregnant um, and just. I don't know. He's he's a very interesting character, uh, just creating a lot of buzz for the community, uh, trying to to raise money and try to raise awareness. Uh, so definitely something to check out. That if you want to learn a little bit more, you could check that out on the NBCnews.com, NBC dash out, and it's about you know little Nas X. So check it out. That's L I. That's sorry. That's L I L N A S X. All right. So half of the LGBTQ workers have faced job discrimination in a recent report. Um, I believe we're looking primarily at the United States here. So let's keep that in mind when we go through this. Uh, Nearly one in 10 
LGBTQ people in the United States experienced workplace discrimination in the last year, and half of those employees faced bias at some point in their careers, according to this particular survey. Um, the findings were published this Tuesday, and it showed that the discrimination and harassment um, was up to 46%. And this is done by an institution out of California called Williams Institute at the University of California. So they're a pretty reputable organization. And you can find out more about their research at their own website, also on the NBCnews.com link as well. The research surveyed 935 lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender and queer adults in May of 2021 more than a year into the pandemic that was that has disrupted many people in the workplace as we've talked about at the top of our show here. Uh, the, basically the questions um, directed at the respondents were about any discrimination they may have had in the last year, in the last five years, as well as over the lifetime. And so out of that, they, they got that, that 46% and that one in 10 individuals are experiencing discrimination. This is nothing new. We, we see this in Texas and Florida and Missouri and Missouri, um, depending on where, which part of Missouri you're from. <laughs> um, we're seeing this discrimination has is, is always been there against uh, people of our community. It's good to have these surveys. These surveys are markers that we can use in legislation to continue to levy uh, laws um, levy reforms to try to get things um, equitable, uh, as well as giving us a leg to stand on when we take things to court. Uh, it's very important to have that representation in our laws. Um, by having those representations, we're able to have the conversations in a court. So it these things are good. So check out the report. Uh, there's some examples that people share about their experiences. Uh, in other news, Carl Bean, the singer of the LGBT Pride Anthem, I Was Born This Way, has died at the age of 77. This was just a couple of days ago. Um, he is Archbishop Carol Bean. He was a former Motown singer, and he was best known for his 1977 gay liberation anthem, I Was Born This Way, which I love. It's a good song. He is an amazing human being. It's a huge loss. Um, he became an AIDS activist and founded the network of the LGBT churches. He's just put a lot of time and energy into building a fellowship and a movement supporting members of our community. I am devastated that we've lost this icon. If you want to learn some more about this story, you can check that out at bbc.com slash news entertainment. And you can read a little bit more about, uh, about this man's life and his contributions to our community. Hey, you all know Jojo Swia. Swia, we've been talking about in our own social media accounts, as well as we have done a wonderful show on this human being. So if you have not heard of Jojo Swia, do check out those episodes and those podcasts. This 18-year-old pop star opens up about her own unique celebrity, as well as coming out as part of the LGBTQ community earlier this week. She is, um, in our social media, we talk about how she's doing some shows with other uh, members of the LGBT community. 
and other social social media influencers and dancers. Um, basically, she she came out. I think on I think this was on September eighth, if I recall correctly. She told today.com. Sometimes it's easy to tell people that I work for Nickelodeon, and sometimes it's easy to tell people that what I do on YouTube. Sometimes it's just easier to tell people that I have a book uh, that is a New York York Times bestseller. She goes on to talk about the misconceptions and her confidence is is confusing for people. They think that she doesn't have struggles, that everything's just rainbows and beautiful dance routines. Um, But she does struggle with that identity and conversation and how to address... um, the haters, basically, it's it's not just saying one thing. And it, it she she tries she says different things depending on the environments that she's in. And so she talks about talks about that experience and what that's like to be in the limelight, to, to be a, a member of the LGBT community, um, to be a part of the Nickelodeon group, to doing all the things that she's doing. This girl's been working for years since she was a young human, and continues to just put out a lot of great work. Um, so it's understandable that she would see some discrimination and, and some stress from all of that. Uh, you can learn some more about that on the NBCnews.com, NBC out as well. All right. So uh, we've talked about this before, about the uh, conversion therapy uh, therapists are being taken to court. Uh, for their part in discriminating against individuals and doing harm. So the survivors are using a new weapon in the battle against the conversion therapy uh, in an effort to change the sexual orientation or gender identity of a minor, are pro- which are prohibited mostly in 25 states. Um, and it is, it's just, it's not enough. So these survivors are doing uh, they're just pushing the the work out there to try to get this changed. So it's in all 50 states uh, to get some new laws out there on the uh, on the books. So that there's rep- rep- representation in a recent Netflix documentary, Pray Away, the former leaders of the Exodus International, once America's leading conversion therapy organization, expressed shame over perpetrating the efforts to change people's sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, so again, you can find that that show Netflix. It's called Pray Away to to learn some more about that. Uh, but basically, yeah, we 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 have at least twenty five states that say it's banned. It's banned. Don't do that. But that means we have twenty five states as well as uh, allied countries and U.S. territories where this isn't the case. And conversation needs to continue. Um, in other news here in the U.S., Missouri or Missouri teacher resigns after the school tells him to remove his pride flag. Uh, he had a pride flag in his classroom, had it for a while. Parents got upset, complained about it, and and basically uh, said that you're going to teach my child how to be gay. Uh, you're going to turn them gay in that kind of old adage of bullshit, especially aimed at uh, the male identifying individuals of our community. Um, so yeah, he, he asked for permission to hang this sign in his, uh, this flag in his, uh, in his room and he got permission. It was fine. And then he was asked to take it down and sign a a paper basically saying that he will not talk about his sexual identity, um, or anything along the parameters of that and force him out of his job. So there's, there's definitely going to be some lawsuits happening in this department. And I, I look forward to seeing, 
uh, some changes there and hopefully um, we could get that done. Cause that's just, some, that's just some BS. And yeah, that's what we have for our news today. Uh, join us next week. And so we follow up on some of these stories here, as well as others that are going on all over the world. If you have something of newsworthy and you want to share it with me, tag me at Quernundrum and let me know what's going on. I want to hear about it. You, you can tag me in the in Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Gary and I are on all those platforms. We'll be happy to, to take a look at the those news items and, and give it some Instagram. Instagram and give it some airtime. So hit us up on any one of those platforms. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. Can't wait to see you guys next week. So until then, be well. And be queer, you fabulous fuckers. (laughs) Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Conundrum Podcast. And email us at queernundrum at queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>